Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 30-piece episode of Amateur Hour. Shrey, we've been doing this gig for eight months now. A much clearer. <laughs> what? My voice is much clearer. That's how you know we're on 30. Oh, I know. I don't know if anybody can tell a difference, but uh, Shrey has kind of made an upgrade. We, 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 we up here. We out. We finally, yeah. we finally you know, dished out some, some cash to figure out how I don't sound like I'm five feet away from everyone. <laughs> I did not sound like he's in like a radiator. <laughs> you know, we had to do it on an even episode, though. We couldn't, we could, you know, it got yeah. 29. Yeah, no, that wasn't going to work. It's got to be a, you know, 30 even, 30 rack. Get her done. The 30 piece McNuggets. Well, everybody, welcome. We have an action packed week for you. We're changing up the format a little bit with our weekly highs and lows. We're only going to do personal because the amount of sports content that has happened over the past two weeks uh. has been uh, literally my thoughts exactly <laughs> has been insane. Insane. So we're going to dive right in. We have some NBA, we have some NFL, we have some MLB. We're talking about it all, people. But before we get in, Shreyas, give us the highs. The weekly highs. Yeah, Max. So, you know, beautiful weekend this weekend and got to go to the beach and it was just fantastic. Went to Narragansett Beach this weekend and just had a you know beautiful day. Went in the afternoon. It was a little bit on the heavy side for the crowd, but, you know, found a spot, you know, got to get into the water and, you know, that, that I took a beating on those waves. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty pretty uh pretty some intense waves but overall you know nice weather uh it, it was supposed to rain on on sunday but nothing nothing big nothing major everything you know everything's sunny so beautiful weekend great beach mm. day mm. that's wonderful playing in the waves i gotta say is the best part of the beach your sand is great don't get me wrong getting your bronze on is great but playing in the waves i mean that that is the bread and butter right there. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you had a good beach day. And you got a new mic. And I got a new mic. Look at that. All the highs. All right. <laughs> the lows. I'm going to take us right into the lows. Uh, the lows was that uh, my birthday was this weekend, which Ooh. that's not a low. I'm, Celebrate you know, I thank you. Thank you. Good times. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was fun. That is not the low. Uh, the low was that um, my parents generously took me and my brother to go go-karting, which was, yes. a, 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 I know, it's a wild experience. I've never done anything like that. I've never been on a four-wheeler, even though I live out in the middle of the woods. Who would have thought? Went go-karting, and we were about to race, and it was literally going to be like the four of us. So we were super excited. We're like, oh, we're just going to race each other. It's going to be a nice, simple time because we've never done this before. Then there's a group of eight people who had literally just raced before us Hops on, clearly these these were veterans. They had clearly done this before. We get on. I, the whole thing during the safety briefing was they're like, no contact. No uh -huh. contact. Yeah. Don't bump each other. Shreyas, my brother and my dad and myself all got spun out. They, these people would literally like bump into the ends of us, fishtail us, 
intentionally have us spin out. We'd have to have somebody come and help us. I got bumped so many times. It was insane. And you're going like 23 miles an hour. Wait, how many people race at the same time? So like you can have up to on... 20. You can have up to 20 in this track. This Man. thing was huge. Yeah. And I'm assuming there's people like working and watching these guys like uh-huh. you know, ram into people and, you know, you're not having as like fun of a time because you're spinning out every 10 seconds. But yeah, believe it or not, I'm not a professional go-kart driver. Oh, I, I got you got to leave, dude. I, don't know I know. Yeah, sorry. I know. I I know I gave off that impression that I was before. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that is not who I am. So I'm sorry for lying. So, yeah, that was it. I just kind of got bumped a little bit and it was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of assholes, but that's okay. I mean, did you get to go back after? Maybe they left and you got to you no. know, try race. You, no. you only get one turn? We only get one turn. That's bogus. That's bogus. Like, they should have seen, like, yo, these guys aren't playing fair. Like, give these guys in the back another shot. Yeah. You know, it happens. I would go back. You know, uh-huh. I would like to, again, hit it, like, in off-peak hours where I could just, like, go. With yeah. Like, you know, like, how do we raised regular people who are not, like, yeah. you know, who had not done this before. I'm sure it would have been a phenomenal time. But because of that, you know, it kind of put a little bit of a damper on it. Regardless, though, had a great birthday. Thank you to everybody if you're listening for wishing me a happy birthday. Thank you, Shreyas. Yes, um, always. Yeah, it was good. It's my Jordan year. So we're looking up. Did it feel, did it feel like uh, Mario Kart in real life, IRL? Dude, it was insane. It was actually insane. Like, I did not, like, the way that it bit the corners. Yeah. I started throwing green shells at people. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, what do you press to, to drag? What was it? Oh, it's um. um well, depending it, on what, it's one it of the bumper? sticks. It's one of the bumpers. Oh, it's, it's one of the bumpers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you feel? <laughs> you were like, I gotta, I gotta drag right here. I got, I gotta make this turn. Like, the people that were that raced with us were actually legitimately drifting. I was like, holy crap! I break. I slowed down. I was actually like grandma out there. I slowed down in every corner, took it nice and safely. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, watch out, young ones. I'm coming. <laughs> you stay off the track there. <laughs> <laughs> back in my days <laughs> we didn't have go-karts we just had horses <laughs> i remember when henry ford first came out with the first automobile <laughs> anyway <laughs> all right so guys, let's talk sports let's get right into the meat and the potatoes this mm. week i mean this past week so for preface we are only going to be talking about when we talk about the nba the, the the trades that have been happening in free agency, free agent signings, things like that. Our cutoff for this week's episode is Sunday, August 1st. So we are only talking about things that have happened prior to that. Next week's episode, so next Tuesday on the 10th, when this episode comes or when the next episode comes out, then we'll be talking about everything that's going to be happening this week. So there's already a lot of news. There's already stuff that we won't be talking about. If you don't hear it in this episode, it will be in the next one. And you okay. guys, you guys want that too, because you want to get the rest of the the free agent signings There's probably going to be some that are be trickling in over the course of the week. So exactly. I know we got a lot of them for the first two days, but we're going to try to look at, you know, the holistic view of the first week of free agency mm-hmm. and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So the first order of business today is the 2021 NBA draft. Shreyas, what are your thoughts? Cade Cunningham went first. Yeah. Expected, you know, he's been a reported, number one number two overall pick since he came out of high school yeah long time a long yeah. time and like it was expected i think at this point like it like even like a couple hours before the draft 
the the report came out and you just knew like when the pistons were like oh we, we don't know who we're going to take for like we're between three people like like get out of here. <laughs> like they had they had to like call their own shit and be like nah we had, we're taking kate like they didn't even they didn't even stop um all the rumors they just stopped the rumors in their tracks they're like nah we're taking kate the the one thing i thought was a little bit surprising was i really thought it was going to go kate Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes to the Raptors was a little bit interesting. Um, so that was like the first little like, oh whoa, okay. He went uh-huh. up that's yeah. the like I thought Scotty Barnes was gonna be like a six, seven somewhere in there. I thought it was gonna go Cade, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga. I thought it was gonna go like that. So Scotty Barnes kind of threw it off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the other big one was Davion Mitchell going nine and Joshua Primo going 12. Mm. Davion Mitchell, I don't know. Uh, everyone has seen him. You know, he played amazing uh, in the March Madness tournament for Baylor. You know, yep. lockdown defender. Like, he was on you and you couldn't get the ball off. That That's how great of a defender Davion Mitchell was. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting him going to the Kings, though, Max. I don't know what your thoughts about that is, is they have a decent amount of guards now. Like yeah. They, like, they seem to have more than maybe they could chew off. Like, they have Fox. They have Heald, who is that guard forward type. They, they have, have Halliburton. Halliburton. They have Mitchell. So it's like, I don't know, like, for to get another, you know, big guard. He's a big guard. He's like a Marcus Smart type. Mm. But well, he's only he's only 6-1. Yeah. So he's yeah, but like I guess the play style is defense first and yeah. then he has improved his playmaking and and his uh jump shooting, which Yeah. I mean, that's like you could say that Marcus Smart compared to when he was a, a rookie has improved his jump shooting at least a little bit. So <laughs> So yeah. No, but it's, no, it's, he absolutely has. Yeah, so it's interesting though that you know the Kings kind of went that route. He went, they went point guard. It feels like they have a lot of like a, a bunch of those. I don't know where they're going to use him. So I don't know. What are your thoughts about the the first? I guess the lottery at least, Max. Oh well, I thought. I mean, you know, this was actually you know going into this draft. I'm not going to lie. This I only knew like the top like five names, and that's on me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really like doing my research. But this draft compared to other years did not seem as like hyped up to me. Uh, mm. I didn't I didn't feel like I really knew the class as well. And, you know, that's obviously on my own for not like really like paying attention to the college bit. Um, but I mean, Cade Cunningham going first, Jalen Green. I really like Jalen Green. I really like Jalen Green. He's man. I mean, he went he he was Jalen Green went straight from high school into the G League, correct? Yeah. So he took he took the 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 money and and he he balled his ass off, too. I think he averaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, either 17 or 19 points in the in the G League, which is tough to do. Those are you know NBA players that are have you know gotten demoted or you know stashes or Euro drafts, players Euros, or stashes, yep. Euro draft stashes. So it's like a legitimate league if you know now you have top talent coming out of high school mm-hmm. playing in the same you know playing in the same sphere. And I think Jalen Green, you know, showed his own. Same with Jonathan Kuminga. They both played really well for G League Ignite. That was like the top. That was like the top team in the G League. I'm not sure about the whole standings part, but I know that was a big team that 
you know, all the media outlets were watching out for because of those two guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, I just really, well, why actually, Trace, I want to ask you, why were you surprised by Joshua Primo going at 12? It's, it was one of those names. I was looking at some mock drafts that I was seeing him in like the late, like the early twenties, you know, mid twenties like that. Like it was a late pick, but then I looked at who picked him and it was mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we give them that pass a lot because they're the Spurs and they just like, they just done this time and time again where they get a guy that you're like, who wait, yeah, you picked him oh. then, and then you look and you're like, "Oh, it's the Spurs." Oh, they their scouts are like Einstein level genius. So it's like you just gotta give them a pass. But that's gonna be a pick where you're like, "Hmm, the Spurs aren't really what they used to be." No, is this gonna be one of those guys? Like, is this still a region? It like, or do we give them the Spurs pass? So that's what I was thinking. I'm like in on the <laughs> fence about this, right? Um, yeah. Yep. And another another thing I want to talk about, Max, is Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley went third. He went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They already have Jared Allen. Yeah, so, and they're looking to sign him to a very hefty extension. Right. So Evan Mobley, he plays center. He plays power forward. This seems like, I don't know, the thing they were trying to avoid when they benched Drummond for Jared Allen. Uh-huh where they were like, okay, we're going to pass the torch. We can't play these guys at the same time. So we're going to let the <laughs> go and figure out if he's good enough. And I'm a, and as of right now, they think he's good enough. They're going to pay him the big bucks. But now they bring in a guy who's, you know, he's number three overall. He's going to get minutes right away. He's not like a stash or he's not, you know, a bench player right now. Evan Mobley has the skill. Yeah. Especially at the college level, he was able to, you know, guard one through five on ball and he has good you know post presence but around the same height you know around the same body type how's i don't know how that's going to work for cleveland i'm not really seeing the the vision i don't know what you think about that max uh i mean the double big is definitely uh it can (laughs) i don't know there's not a lot of instances where i feel like it could work especially mm-hmm. if they're playing at the same time. Granted, you know, with – and I know this was something that happened recently, but with Andre Drummond leaving, right? Yeah. There is, I believe, a spot for him, right? right. Jared Allen comes off the floor. You put Mobley on, right? I think right. that can work. But with signing – with the desire to sign Jared Allen to a hefty extension, it's you're kind of like, well, where, where are you going with this? Right. It's like, are you going to go all in on Jared Allen and – what like trade Evan Mobley or like not play him because if he's gonna like get paid that amount of money you want this guy to be on the floor seriously um especially in crunch time especially in crunch time and and honestly I've liked Jared Allen for a long time I think he's improved year to year um I think he's a really really solid defensive player he makes a lot of great plays on offense too with the right you know, playmaking guards, you got to give credit to Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets. You got to give credit to Kyrie when he was there. I mean, those are the people who really helped him be effective. Um, Outside of that, though, I think he's a great player. But yeah, you just kind of look at Cleveland and you're like, okay, final lane. It's it's very interesting. It's either they have so many of these kind of, you know, scrappy guards, right? They have Sexton, they have Garland. Yeah. And then at one point they had Kevin Porter, but... 
you know, they have those two guys. You Who's still... the guy that they drafted last year too? Isaac Okoro. Yep. yep, Isaac Okoro, right? So you have all these like really scrappy guard forward players. Yeah. That you do, I, I still don't know the fit between Sexton and Garland, and it doesn't seem like that's going to get resolved anytime soon. So mm, we'll see about interesting that. Interesting point. Yep. And then you have these massive bigs that are post bigs. They block a lot of shots, and they have high field goal percentage because they take a lot of, you know, in the lane restricted area like shots you know what i mean so it feels like they are either at the three-point line or in the in the post and they don't have many of those and isaac okoro can't shoot to save his life either so he's a, <laughs> he's a guy that's slashing and he's staying in the in the the paint area too so they right. don't have any wings that can spread the floor and you know use the the rest of that that two-point area and it feels kind of weird how they've spaced the floor with this team and it feels like they have some really good players. I just don't see the fit right now. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, do you think that they could have benefited, benefited? Do you think they could have benefited from taking Scotty Barnes and like filling that power forward position? Yeah. So I think they could have, you know, Scotty Barnes is a bigger guard and he's like six, nine, but he, he can guard, he can guard the, like he, the two through four for sure. So I think definitely that might've been a better fit. I think they looked at the talent and they said, we can't give up on that. We can't, you know, pass up on the yeah, talent that Evan Mobley, right. cause he, for he's the best big on the, in the draft by in far the draft, for sure. Hands yeah. down. Yep. So they were like, okay, we can't pass up on the talent. Barnes might be a good fit, but you know, we can't reach. And then people are saying, Oh, you re you reach for Barnes. You could have had Mobley like that type of thing. So, I think, mm -hmm. yes, Barnes six nine can guard any position. Could have spread the floor, you know, little bit, little bit of a better shooter. He's not, from what I can tell, he's not great. He's a mm. uh, yeah. He shoots fifty percent from the field last season. He was a horrible free, a three point shooter, but at least <laughs> you have a better wing, and you could maybe you know pair him with Okoro and some defensive lineups. But now I don't see where they're going with this. Uh, small guard big post player type i yeah i agree we we've really delved into what cleveland is doing <laughs> uh so cleveland fans if you are listening this one is for you yeah well it also just feels to me too it's like the position that i think cleveland is missing the most of is small forward power forward yeah defensively and offensively uh, who is the white guy that is current Osman. yeah chetty osman and who's the other one he's he uh they had I don't know if they still have Dean Wade, but they had Dean, Dean Wade. It's Dean Wade. Yep. Yeah. It's Dean Wade. <laughs> D yes. The other D Wade. <laughs> the other D Wade. The the lesser D Wade. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Dean, no disrespect. You can't touch Dwayne Wade's legacy. <laughs> yeah, no, Chetty, Chetty Osman. Uh, you know, I see him working out with like Michael Lancaster, and I'm like, oh, he's going to get better. Mm -hmm. eh. <laughs> Hasn't really gotten better for, right. uh, you know. Two, going on two seasons at this point yeah um and then you see dean wade and you're like okay this man is getting significant minutes at the power forward position i mean you know you have kevin love too but christ it's kevin love mm -hmm. people it's kevin love and i've said this before kevin love it's time to retire yeah it's time and another thing too they just brought in ricky rubio before the draft too which mm -hmm. was uh an interesting move so that's another guard that's that another guard there. They look so, like the Celtics. Sure. Yeah, it feels it feels weird. I definitely can relate if Cleveland fans are 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 kind of like, where is this going? Because you know that's how we feel around here in Boston. But oh, 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about okay. We'll talk Trace, about great transition. We're gonna talk about the Celtics in a second, but there's two trades that I want to talk about before. Now, the blockbuster trade of last week, yeah, was Russell Westbrook, oh. formerly last year on the Washington Wizards, being traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Lakers gave up quite the bag to get Westbrook. They gave up Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope and Montrezl Harrell, so as well as a first-round pick, number 22 this year. So the Lakers gave up quite the bag. And as of last week, I was like, oh, wow. The Lakers just got rid of a lot of their depth. Yes, they got Brody. Brody, the Brow, and the King all playing together. That's going to be great for Showtime. There's going to be so many highlight plays. It's going to be crazy. But, Shrey, who do you think won the trade? I, I definitely think the Lakers won the trade. I think when you look at what they gave up i think those are all pieces and mm. i you know you got to give it up to kyle kuzma's you know confidence and ego but i think those are pieces that you can relatively may- make back like kyle kuzma's like a late first round pick right he's yep. exceeded his expectations so obviously it helps you know in the eyes of Washington that, Oh, okay. When he's a more, when he gets, you know, gets the ball more, when he has more focus on him, he can score. Like I think Kyle Kuzma averaged like 16, 17 points before AD got there. Um, yeah. And AD then, got there and Kyle Kuzma kind of, it's like that Homer Simpson meme where he just kind of disappears into the bush. <laughs> into the bush. That's but what happened still, with, but, but Kyle, he doesn't come back out. He doesn't come back. Out. Kyle but, Kuzma just went into the bush and then that was it. But you still hear him talking. I'm still a defensive player. That, yeah, you still hear him talking in the bush. Though. I used to be compared to Jason Tatum. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember that, Shrey? Oh I remember God. when they were both, when Tatum was fresh in the league, they're like, oh, it's the same person. <laughs> you've seen that You've seen that picture of, like, uh, Tatum and Kyle Kuzma, and they have, like, different bars, like, level bars yep. of, like, handling, yep. shooting, potential, clutch, shooting. potential. And, like, Defense. Kyle Kuzma has, like, a higher potential bar. And I think it's, like, a Lakers picture. But I find it so hilarious. Now I think it got um, on one of those, uh, you know, old takes exposed pages and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty funny. Old takes exposed. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that's so okay. So, so you think, and we're going to talk more about the Lakers in the coming episode because they made, there was a bunch of signings, just a yeah. bunch of people went to the Lakers. But I'll just say as of right now, the depth that I thought was gone, the depth has returned. It's back. Like yeah. they have acquired a lot of pieces. I don't understand it, that. That's one of the issues with a big market team is that you find all these players, right? They see LeBron together. They see AD and now they see Westbrook go. They're like, Oh, I want to play there. I'm yeah. going to go play there. And then you have this kind of a situation. What we talked about last week, Trey, you're like, Oh, is the bucks, you know, the bucks and the Suns being in the finals. Good. Absolutely. Yes. It still stands, but we can see now in free agency, Nobody's scrambling to go to either location. No. Nobody's scrambling to go to the Indiana Pacers. Nobody's scrambling to go to the New Orleans Pelicans. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Im- immediately you get, especially with the big markets when they lose, they come back into the off season with the vengeance. You can see definitely because, you know, the fans of those markets expect higher from them, especially the Lakers, mm, the Nets, the Brooklyn's not really the a Knicks, big market, yeah, but the like Knicks, New, the New York, New York as a market in general. So yep. 
like they just have a bigger scope on them so they can't you know rest on their laurels saying oh we got lebron so you know making a deal like for westbrook regardless of whether or not they had a plan for strategy with you know how how lebron and westbrook are going to fit together mm-hmm. with, is a question like it's it's not like oh they got westbrook like automatic championship like it's still it's a question now it's going to be a you know how are those two going to figure out who gets the ball those are two do- ball dominant players lebron can play without the ball but it's just you don't want him to because he's a out of the two players you want <laughs> lebron being the playmaker but westbrook is an amazing playmaker too so it's I don't know how that's going to work, but you got to. I don't. You you know, Shrey, I've heard that argument too. And I got to say, I'm going to, I'm going to come in and I'm going to say, not going to be an issue. Um, You saw, you saw, you've seen Westbrook play with Harden. Did they win a championship? No, but everybody, when he came in, they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Russell Westbrook needs so many touches. James Harden needs so many touches. They're not going to work together. Same thing when he went to Washington. Oh my God. Oh my God. Westbrook needs touches and Bradley Beal. I mean, he's the primary scorer. He needs touches. No, I'm going to say right now, LeBron and Brody are going to work phenomenal together. There is nothing wrong at all ever. And I'd love somebody to prove me wrong with having two phenomenal playmakers. I mean, you have the triple double King and LeBron freaking James. That's going to be, it's going to be a good team. Are they a contender? Are they a title? Maybe for sure. I'm not going to comment on that, but they're going to be a good team and they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They're a title contender. I think you are going to see some growing pains in the beginning. Absolutely. Like it's, it's just, he's a polarizing player for the way he plays. He, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve and he, he demands a lot from himself too. So it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like he's just, he works hard, man. He works hard. He's an amazing player. Just outright. Yep. I do believe though he needs to get better and it's I don't know if it's going to happen at this point he's too late into his career but the shooting like it's just not there and I think if he's going to have to take a step back in the number of shots it takes at least playmaking yeah. there's always yep. going to be enough plays I think but if he's going to try to call his own number the same way he did in Washington when he was you know, there's a lot of times, and I watched a lot of those Washington games because I had Westbrook on my fantasy team. And there's a lot of times where, you know, it's Westbrook without Beal in the court. Beal's getting a break. It's Westbrook. And there's not a lot of time when both of them are really on the same time, like on the same floor, other than maybe the fourth quarter. So Westbrook has a, like a lot of shots he can take if he wants to. Yeah. He's, okay. He shouldn't do the same in LA. Like, okay. I okay. think, I think if he goes that same route, then it's going to be a headache. I think at least a little bit, he has to figure it out. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, for sure. And then there is also to the question of, uh, well, actually, you know what? It's kind of like undermining my original point. I, some people I've, I've heard that like, Oh, the egos Westbrook, I think gets a really bad rap in the media. I really think he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like he's a caring father. He's a caring husband. Like he loves his kids. He's a good guy. He he kind of like is like Kevin Durant. He's like, I don't know why I'm getting all this like slander and hate in the media, but they're actually like good dudes who like when it's not their time, I feel like he can give up the spotlight. Like realistically, oh, yes, sure. you are absolutely correct that like he there are moments where he's like, I need my shots. I want to take my shots. I'm going to take my shots. 
for sure. But I think, again, playing with LeBron James, who is unequivocally one of the greatest basketball minds of our time, of all time, it's going to put some perspective into him. And I think, I think he yeah. can make that change Yeah, to stop taking as many shots. I think so, too. I think he has a mindset in him. I think he's had more opportunity in the past, so I think he's taken advantage of it in OKC and in – not as much in Houston with Harden, you know, playing on the same floor as him, but more, more in Washington when he had to take over a lot of those times. Yeah. And that's how basically his elevated play was what got them into the, the play in tournament. And like, it was, it was all, if not for like Beal, like consistently was good, but if Westbrook didn't up his play, they would not have gotten into out of that slump. And for sure. I mean, well, Shrey, I mean, we watched, we watched him turn it up at the end of the season, man. Yeah. They made it to the play-in. Uh, it was unbelievable what he did at the, in the second half, especially the second that, half of the season, yep. the month of March, and yeah, yep. it's like beautiful basketball. Like he was like very efficient, and I think he needs to be that way. I think if Westbrook can do like ten or ten or twelve shots a game, you know what I mean? He gets like he, he shoots like forty-five percent, and he's still dishing out like nine, ten assists, like getting seven or eight boards. Like I don't think they, I don't think he needs to score twenty ten and ten. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to. I think like the Lakers are better, and they're of they've upgraded from Dennis Schroeder. If he gets like sixteen or you know seventeen nine and eight, I think that's, yeah. that's that's like that's great. Like that's all around play, and that's Westbrook doing his job and being efficient. That's all he needs to do. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. No, you you are you are correct, good sir. All right, so moving on. In, in you know, it's up for debate whether you think Washington. I mean, Washington has also you know made some moves. Getting Kuzma, maybe we'll give him a chance to shine. Maybe he's just going to be like a middle of the road player. Most likely going to be a middle of the road player. Yeah, Montrez Harrell. Don't sleep on this man. I know that he didn't work well on the Lakers. He, but he, he came off being sixth man of the year on the Clippers. This man hustles. Again, I'm going to bring it up again. I think I mentioned this before. One of my favorite tweets, somebody said, somebody said Montrez Harrell plays basketball like his family is taken hostage and the only currency the captors will accept is buckets. <laughs> <laughs> that is how this man plays basketball. So I think bringing him on a new team where, man, who's your big man? Thomas Bryant, when he's he gets com- healthy. Yeah, coming off an ACL. Coming off an ACL. He's not going to be the same until, Christ, March, you know? It, yeah, it's it, well, it's going to be at least a couple months in. Cause It'll he, be a couple he, months he, in. He tore his ACL very early last season, so it's going to be a couple months in, definitely. Yeah, and you have, what, Davis Bertans? Whew, Christ. Yeah. I think Trez is going to start to, like, pick his stuff up again. Never, I never thought I'd see him in a Washington uniform. It's just like his personality in Washington doesn't seem to mesh. Regardless, he's still going to get buckets. They, got, they, have Gafford, they have Gafford, too. I really like Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Yep. Big Dan. He's uh, he's also he's also a great player. So, right. So, that's yeah. your, like, center forward combo. You have Bertans, who, if he can pick it back up again, can, like, kind of shoot sometimes. Then you have Trez. Yeah. Then you have Daniel Gafford. Then you have Thomas Bryant, who was playing phenomenal before he got hurt. Yeah. That's pretty good. Behind Bradley Beal, behind Denny Avdia, behind, you know, Hachimura. the other free agents. Behind, well, Hachimura's been kind of disappointing to me. I'm not going to lie. 
I still I still think he 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 shows promise. Yeah, the consistency isn't there. Um, definitely with Avdia too, the consistency wasn't there. He obviously didn't get the the same opportunities because they're playing Davis Bertans thirty minutes a game to get you know two threes, and then like he was really disappointing too. That whole team, you know, overall, the role players didn't play their part. But I think Montrez Harrell. I think what you're saying is is correct. I think he'll definitely have a bounce back year. I do, you know, if he if he stayed on the Clippers. That could have been a different squad right there, you know, with Serge Ibaka injured for the playoffs. I, I, yeah. I it seemed like it seems like a, a hindsight twenty twenty thing, but you know the Clippers could have used him when the Lakers, you know, were bounced very early. So, hey, respect to respect to the Clippers playoff run. I don't know how much we really talked about it. Respect the players clip off, uh, the players clip off run. Yes. <laughs> respect the Clippers playoff run people. I mean, those, they made it out of the second round. Yeah. The clip off run, the toenails. The, the clip clip off the clip players and the off the <laughs> does not compute. Sorry. The max.exe has stopped working. Oh man. Please four, turn four on and off again. <laughs> Um, yes. So, okay. The other trade I want to talk about before mm-hmm. we continue is the Grizzlies and the Pelicans trade. Interesting trade here. Mm-hmm. We have Jonas Valanciunas going to the Pelicans yep. and coming back to the Grizzlies and, uh, and I'm going to sort of picks coming back to the Grizzlies is Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. and Steven Adams. Shreyas, who do you think won this trade? Uh, yeah, Max, don't forget, too, that the Pelicans gave up the 10th overall pick for Jonas Valanciunas in the 17th overall pick. So the the joke around Twitterverse was that Eric Bledsoe equated to negative value. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I thought was which I thought was hilarious, because I like in what other universe are you paying someone a higher draft pick to Please take, take it, him to take it, <laughs> to take your bad guard like that's that's uh, what we, they're like crawling at the door they're like hey wait just we'll pay you we got an offer and we'll talk about this but that's what we did with the Kemba Walker trade we gave Kemba Walker with our first round pick for to get to get rid of Kemba Walker's contract. So it felt like something like that where you're like, wow, you got you got you demoted your draft stock by seven spots just to get Eric Bledsoe out. But you get Jonas Valanciunas. Um it's an interesting trade and I think the Grizzlies, you know, made out pretty well. Um it was an it was an interesting pick with Zaire Williams. We'll see how that pans out. I know, you know, some mocks had him going in the the t- late teens, early twenties, like that. But I think overall, I think the Grizzlies, you know, regardless of what you think about Eric Bledsoe, I think the pick was what was most important. And now the Pelicans having Jonas Valanciunas have to figure out, you know, how that's going to work with Valanciunas and and Zion, and like both of them aren't really that there's they didn't really upgrade the shooting on that team no because you know is a post player mm, and mm-hmm. you know i know jackson hayes got into a bit of trouble but oh you know you know i'm assuming he comes back at some point this season so now you got you know 
Jackson Hayes, Jonas Valanciunas, Zion, Nazem uh-huh. can shoot. You got Brandon Ingram, pretty good shooter. You got oh my god, you know Brandon? No, Brandon Ingram is phenomenal. I don't yeah. want to hear it. He's I don't want to hear it from anybody. He's a good shooter. He's a good shooter. I said pretty good. I know, sure. No. What else do you want from me? No, give him his roses. <laughs> what else do I say? Tef Curry? No. He's no, we shooter. have well, well, we had we had on our Instagram. We had somebody who didn't think that um, Brandon Ingram deserved All Star. Oh, didn't think it. that Demar oh, Derozan. Oh, that's what I'm he deserved. I still stand by. He deserved All Star over Zion. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. And right. And th- their argument was that oh, Zion shot better and had better numbers. Yeah. Again, if you look at Zion's shooting chart, he only shoots in the paint. I would hope that he would shoot 60% in the paint. I would hope that any NBA player would shoot 60% in the paint. And when all of your shots and scoring come from there, yes. And when it's basically, again, your your rookie year, because you really didn't pay, play last year, mm-hmm. you didn't give, like, people, like, are only now starting to adjust to you. And you saw it the latter half of the season, right before he got hurt, he was putting up lower numbers because people were like, oh, all we have to do is just keep him off his spots, and then he won't get points. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, and also person who was trying to argue listen to the whole pod listen to the whole argument don't just listen to a little clip that is enough haters okay keep going try <laughs> i knew i knew once we got on the the pelicans front that <laughs> that, that max max is gonna have to make a, max gonna have to make another instagram uh reel of him rent zion rant part two <laughs> zion rant no zion rant part four, four. zion rant part four we're still going people no, no, no. Oh, this is just the same Zion rat. It's just we just you've just split it up into multiple episodes across multiple months and multiple weeks. Now I'm continuing. Uh, yeah, my 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 hatred, but, my undue hatred for Zion. Yeah, that's what's happening. But I just I also want to say too that the hater did not reply to any of my replies. I was dang. trying to open up a healthy gut dialogue. Yeah, to nothing. <laughs> no, to no avail. To no avail. It's all right. But but regardless, but regardless, with with Jonas Valanciunas, you know, great player. I love Jonas Valanciunas because he fit on that gritty Memphis team, and you know he hustles for every offensive board. But I think the one thing that the Pelicans were lacking was defense and shooting, and they got none of that with this trade. Um, and defense yeah. for sure, they lost a lot of games because they could not defend in the fourth quarter. Their defense was ugly, and looking like the Celtics. Yeah, it was just Stan Van Gundy could not get a hold of them, and I I don't blame Stan Van Gundy. Like, yeah, you've set up the plays, but the players, you know, have to figure out their sets mid game. You can't scream sets out in the middle of a game every time. Um, hey, horns, horns, <laughs> figure it out. They're like, what? We've never run this play before. Horns, horns. Stan Van Gundy frantically waving on the sideline. Go, go, Dakota two, Dakota two. They're like, what? Unbelievable. But but Lonzo's like, Lonzo's like, I'm just gonna lob it to Zion. (laughs) But yeah, so you can't expect there. You're not the Nets. You can't expect to to outscore people. So Jonas Valanciunas isn't a a great defensive player. He's a great rebounder. He's a great post scorer, and you know, old jump shooter. He's still. I mean, I, I would still. Solid player, but I think he's I better than it's... Steven Adams as of this point right now. Yes. I still don't think it addressed a need is all I'm saying. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then, you know, you look at the Grizzlies. Steven Adams is going to be made better by John Morant. I mean, oh, that kid. I Just incredible. I just love watching him. I hope that this season he stays healthy the whole time. 
12 got bounced. That's all I got to say. I think Steven Adams is washed. <laughs> well, think, okay. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I agree think, with that. Totally. I but I think he's going to be made better than he oh. is, which is bad. Yeah. But he's going to be made better by John Moran. If if there is anything that comes out of him, I think you, the the Grizzlies should consider it as a bonus. I think Steven Adams, you know, had a had a great career. You know, I didn't really like n- know about his rise until he started making you know plays with until Westbrook. it was too late. <laughs> and you know, what I mean, in, in like in the midst of the the early twenty ten mid twenty ten, Steven Adams was a force, but mm. he's just not that same player. His knees, you know, break down. And he just can't stay healthy anymore. I think if you can get something out of him and Bledsoe, I think that's a win. I think this is more about that 10th overall pick and seeing how Zaire Williams uh, pans out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, in that, like you said, it's it's very rare <laughs> that a team will pay you better picks, <laughs> <laughs> literally multiple spots on better picks to take their players. But Pelicans decided that, hey, you know what? And this just gives more fuel to the Zion and his family for being really discontented <laughs> with, you know, the terrible. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. All right, Stray, let's continue. Okay. I want to talk about our dear, very dear Celtics, the Celtics. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, no, <laughs> I'm going to save my reactions till we talk about this. So originally, this is, you know, this is everybody's favorite segment is what are the Celtics doing? What the (laughs) hell are they doing? So quick recap. Danny Ainge says, I'm done. I'm retiring. Brad Stevens promoted to GM. Ime Udoku brought in as the head coach. Super exciting. Okay. The biggest move and the first move that they made was Kemba Walker is out, gone, traded to OKC along with our first round draft pick this year, which uh, to be honest, I don't think that we needed. I really don't. Right. Um, brought back Al Horford. Okay. I would rather have, and I, I made this statement before, and I'm going to make it again. I would rather have Al Horford's defense than Kemba Walker's offense. Mm. Might be a hot take. That's just how I feel. I feel if we're just going to look at the values here, Al Horford is getting old, but he had a great season on OKC. I think he can still provide value, whereas Kemba is decidedly not clutch, have to hide him on defense. And when you need him to score, my God, he's terrible. Everybody forgets, everybody, Shrey, that I talked to, forgets about the month and a half, two months when he came back from his injury where he was garbage. Yeah. Part I of remember, my French. I remember we talked about this when he when he first came back, but it was a rough start, definitely. I think Rough is an understatement, yes. I think what happens with, with a lot of Celtics fans is we saw his potential when he, he would score the occasional 30 or – he would have like a 20 and, you know, seven type of day or something. You're like, oh man, like this is old Kemba. But we forget that a lot of those days were, you know, bad shooting or, you know, a key play missed some here and there, like, you know, bad rotations, stuff like that. It's just like he gets beat on defense a lot. I think also the best ability is availability. I don't think both Al Horford and Kemba Walker really provide much of that anymore. I think they're both, you know, they're going to be around the same number of games played. I think you're going to have to manage Al Horford like you did Kemba Walker. For sure. But, For sure. But I think this is more about just getting that Kemba contract off our books because that's one less thing we have to worry about once we get, you know, once the salary cap goes up, we're able to hopefully afford a, a max spot and see what, what people come out of free agency, you know, in a couple of years. So, For sure. 
for sure. So, you know, mixed bag, I suppose. But at the end of the day, I'm happy that we don't have Kemba. I really didn't think that that was going to be possible, but Kemba was gone. Yeah. So along with Al Horford comes Moses Brown. Moses Brown is a seven, seven, one high flying long athletic center who averaged seven and seven last year might not seem like much but when i watched this man play my god he was disrupting everybody's shots he was throwing down some crazy dunks because this dude had like decent bounce for somebody who's seven don't forget don't forget they were on a 14 game losing streak they played us and moses brown had a 2020 game against us he literally had a double double in the first half yeah it was insane yeah he's great at running the rim um and offensive boards he's definitely raw but it's his, it's his third or fourth year yeah, yeah. he's a he's undrafted is like no i think it was his i think it's a second year first or second oh. year yeah, yeah so very raw undrafted you know but you can he's see young. There's he's young there. you could see there's potential yeah. he's kind of like a Giannis project to be completely honest right so we get moses brown and i'm like oh perfect now we've solved part of our big man problem, right? We have Al Horford as like veteran leadership. He's, I pray to God, he's not our starting center, but we have him there when we need him. <laughs> no, seriously, I pray to God that he's not our starting center, but we have him there when we need him. Now we have Rob Will. We still have Luke Cornett. We have Tristan Thompson, you know, maybe going to see what we do with him. And right. we have Moses Brown. I'm like, oh, when Rob Will comes out, Moses Brown is going in. It's going to be awesome. They're both the same type of player. Moses is a little bit bigger. Rob has more experience. I mean, that right there, both young have, athletic center. Both have a high motor. Like, I high like those, motor, yeah. I, I like those guys that, you know, you don't have you don't play them a lot. And with Rob Williams, you still, I don't know, I think we're stuck at this point having, I don't think he'll ever play 30, 35 minutes a game. But I think Injury risk, yep. Yeah, I think yep. if you have two of the guys that can yes. play like 25 minutes, right, and have a high motor and they just, you know, you don't need to take them off the floor at any time because they're going to play hard. I think that yep. really helps out. So I thought, yeah, that was going to be a good, a good fit. But go ahead, Max. So, so Moses is in, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, Celtics are making moves. I'm impressed, Brad. I'm impressed, especially with Udoku's defensive mindset. And Udoku in a press conference. I don't know if we mentioned this. He called out Brad Stevens. He said. Well, Brad, I hate to bring this up, but uh, last year we were 27th in assists. So <laughs> that is one of the big things that I'm looking to change this year. Get more team play and isolate as needed. Yeah. Dragged and Brad just sat there. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> smiled as like, I was like, oh, got, got literally roasted. Like, that is so terrible. Like, you're stepping off and the coach that's replacing you is like, yeah, you kind of sucked at this. I mean, Especially can, when everybody. What can you no, say? Go, go, go. What can he say? Like he, that's the fact, right? Like it's a, that's a stat. Like you can't really like that. You can't, you can, no, you can't say much, Brad. You just smile with (laughs) your white bread and you know, go get moved up to GM. Just smile and wave boys. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. Yeah. So, all right. So again, Moses Brown is in. We, (laughs) we make two trades this past week, right? Yeah. Moses goes. It was surprising. It was surprising surprising. because I thought that he was going to be like part of our new thing because I think everybody understood even like once Kemba was gone, we kind of like took a look at a roster. We're like, okay, this is not necessarily a contender year. This is a kind of restructure, get ready for next year. Al Horford's on an expiring contract. We just want to play as many games, get that team chemistry going, make space for free agents, get ready. Moses Brown gets traded away. 
we fail to sign Fournier. Fournier leaves. And Fournier leaves for $19.5 million to the Knicks. So I said, don't pay him more than 18. But Christ, ballpark it, people. $1.5 million more is probably worth keeping him for his scoring. Now we don't have that. So Strays, what are we doing? All of a sudden, the direction that I thought that we had, we just lost two key pieces who I was excited about. And then we also trade away Tristan Thompson, too. So what are we doing? Well, you could tell, Max, when they made the Moses Brown deal, and, I, and coming back in that deal is Josh Richardson, who I thought originally when this deal came out, it was Josh Richardson for a second-round pick was what you know Woj was saying, what Shams was saying. And I said, yep. oh, Josh Great. Richardson opted in, $11 million. We fit him into, uh, I think it was... Uh, one of the TPEs, I think it was the the rest of the Gordon Hayward TPE, yeah, and the, which is the trade traded player exception, and I was like, oh, perfect. We just have to give up a second round pick, and I like Josh Richardson. Not a hasn't been a great shooter the past couple of years, but versatile defending guard. You know, you can play him at forward. When he was in Miami, he was a playmaker, and he hopefully you know get that shooting touch with them again so like it was like I, I felt like it was a good flyer to take but then i saw okay they redid the deal and then they gave up moses brown instead of the second round pick and i thought huh oh. i i don't see why we had <sighs> to do that like and then yeah. i thought okay they really wanted to get this josh richardson deal done right so they upped it from a second round pick to a promising you know Center. A promising young big man. Promising yeah. young big man. And I was like, okay, that means they really want to get this Josh Richardson deal done. And I thought, okay, if they really wanted the Josh Richardson thing done, that means they know Fournier is gone. Because it's one of those things where Josh Richardson and Fournier can't really be on the same team. They do the same thing, yeah. Well, it's just they play the same position. They're both having to you know, share the floor with either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. It's going to be a huge log jam at that shooting guard small forward position right uh, yeah it's gonna be it's just gonna be tough to get those and you know if Udoka is gonna have that kind of bradish system with like you know positionless basketball like you're gonna see lineups where you might need two of those guys and if you have four of the same player you're paying you know 10 million per it's like, I, what are you going to do with all of them? You're paying, you're paying, you're wasting money out there. So you saw, okay, that means they don't want Fournier. They, they, you know, they, he priced himself out of their range. Now we're like, okay, you got Richardson, you got Smart. Now I'm assuming it's coming back. Yep. Tatum, Brown, Rob Williams. I don't, I don't know who, like, like, Who's playing what are four and five? Yeah, that's like, the thing. Is the same holes that we had last year, we have only exacerbated because now we don't have Kemba. Now mm -hmm. Kemba was not a good playmaker by any means. In Christ, I've said it before and I will say it again. Kemba was not a good playmaker. He just wanted to take his shots. And that's why I don't think he worked well with the Jays. Now he's gone. Now we just don't even have anybody there, right. really. So Smart like, is not. You kind of miss him as a pre like a person like you know what i mean like i don't i know we had to get the contract off the books but also like now looking at where we are now i get what you're saying right like you kind of wish that like we had somebody to replace kemba not just 
we just let him go and we kind of like see how it comes out. This is, I mean, this has been a pattern in Celtics history for a long time now. We have assets and we fail to convert when they leave. That's very We just true. like let them walk or we trade them away for literal beans. And I, I liked, I, you know, I just said, I liked the trade. I thought I'd rather take Al Horford's defense over Kemba's offense. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. And Moses Brown, I was like, that's a good trade. Take our 20, you know, we saved, what, five mil off of that. And, you know, we gave them a first round pick. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Now that we don't have anybody and we have a potential deal with maybe getting Chris Dunn, but then everybody's saying that Chris Dunn is just a trade piece. I mean, I don't know what the direction is. Now Thompson is gone, potentially. They're not really sure yet. Apparently there's some halt with that. Yeah. But the two holes that we had were point guard playmaker, like floor general, and big man. Still don't have that. Yeah. So what's good? It's 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 frustrating because you can tell that, you know, obviously money is going to be an issue. And I don't really blame the Celtics for kind of having to make these, you know, salary dump or, you know, salary based moves. But what I do, you know, it's just like the chips like have not fallen in the favor of where we were. And I know, like, you know, uh, you know, har- harking back to the past, but, like, you know, you had a team with Hayward and Kyrie and Al Horford and Tatum, and Tatum and Brown and, Brown and Smart and now... And Sammy Ojolet. <laughs> and Easy Max, easy Max, easy. Oh, hey, okay, easy, okay. Oh, I'm, chill, I'm chill, I'm chill, I'm chill, I'm chill, I'm <laughs> chill. But you had that team, right? And now we're looking at it, and now we're making these, you know, salary-based moves, and we don't have assets to really go out and get someone else. So we're, now you can tell we are so focused on banking on a Bradley Beal signing no. of some sort. <laughs> are like two or three uh, years yeah. down the line. Like that's what it's gone to. And I feel like we're getting to a point where these Celtics teams who were once Eastern conference finals on the verge of the finals, on the verge of the finals, we were right there. Yep. I feel for the next couple of years and, you know, potentially past that if Bradley Beal does not choose to come here and then who knows what dominoes that, you know, that drops. What happens to Tatum afterwards? Does he feel like this is a good place to continue his career? Yep. I think we're getting to a point that right now we're in the five, six, seven seed range, and we could potentially be going back. Like, like this is like very apocalypse now, but yeah. we could potentially be going back to 2012, 2013 Celtics. Like, oh, it's we're getting, looking at that. And the thing too is that, yeah, sure, exactly. It's getting bad. And we have top talent. We have Tatum yeah. and Brown. I, I'm 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 rubbing my face right now, getting grease in my pores, because I just don't understand what the goal is. And I actually think that not only is Brad Stevens a bad coach, I think he's also just an idiot. Um, <laughs> you so, I'm I mean this is recorded. You you have me on record. I think he's actually might be an idiot. Um, he my dad said this, and I agree with him at this point. Brad Stevens should coach girls high school. Not even girls college because Brad Stevens doesn't have the gusto to handle like a college women's team. He just, I think, I think when it comes down to egos and player management, and he just he's struggling with that. And I think 
yeah, like roster management, shred. roster management. I think he has a vision, but that vision is so it just Convoluted. doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't fit with the NBA style or what like, the NBA is. Yeah, like I don't. I yeah, like I, and it's frustrating this, because he his you know know how he became GM. Like I kind of wish like so there we talked about this on podcast before, but you know was Sam Presti out there? Would he uh, want a return? Would because he's from the area? Would he yep. want to come back to the area and, and be the GM or you know president of basketball house. operations? Yeah, get a great house in like Cambridge. Yeah, you could, you could find a nice house. And from what you know, Chris Mannix has said, uh, a Sports Illustrated has said in the past, like he would have like wanted to come back like that was something that he if there was the opportunity he would have wanted to come. but you know you pay brad stevens all this money is that part of the reason why he becomes gm and now he's kind of making brad stevens coach decisions i don't know I, I, well i'll show you okay so this is i don't want to give that... him too much flack because you know it is the start of his gming like we still have to see these guys play who knows if they oh, play over well, heads or not but okay but i'm just i'm so happy with the new coach you yes, know that uh, um, i agree with that you know, I'm happy with our rookies, except for Grant Williams and Edwards. Um, I actually got fooled. I Shreyas, I actually got fooled. I'm going to say this. Um, I sent it to a DM. Somebody sent it in a, like a Snapchat group. Uh-huh. And it was like a fake, like Shams tweet. And it was that we were getting um, Josh Richardson for mm-hmm. Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, and then like two second round picks. Oh, <laughs> I got fooled. I was like, I was so happy. I was like, oh my God. I was like, GM Brad is the goat. He got rid of the dead weight. We brought in like a defensive, you know, okay shooter for basically nothing. Like we didn't need those picks. We don't need these players. I'm lit. We still have Moses. Nope. I woke up from the nightmare. <laughs> or, I woke a- up actually from a sweet dream into a nightmare. That's an evil so, thing to do. It was an evil thing to do. I know. And then I sent it to somebody and somebody's like, check the name. I'm like, <gasps> Oh no! And it was like oh, Woj, it was like so Woj ESPN with four J's. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. So I just it's 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 looking like if Brad Stevens is going to have a similar GM coaching career, like can we fire him next year? Can we just fire him? You could. He's gonna be on. He's gonna be on the books considering his contract. I I'm assuming from what Danny Ainge has said in the past, they gave him a multi year deal at least for. At least four years. At least four years. I think we're in the second so, year of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it he's going to be on the books. It's not, I don't know how that works. I'm not really too sure about coach contracts versus, you know, player contracts, but it's going to be on the books for, you know, Wick and Steve, you know, upper management. And, you know, they don't want to pay <laughs> more than they have to for if they're paying Brad Stevens and then they're going to have to pay another GM, you know, it's not going to make them too happy. So I just I, I feel like I feel like they're gonna give him at least a year. And if it's oh. so horrendously bad, it's you know, they might have to I'm gonna see straight. I'm gonna see straight to be completely honest. Because right now, remember last year, I just wanna say last year I was like, Oh, we're gonna be a six seed and everybody gave me flack. Yeah. And guess what we were? We were seven. Yeah. Uh, we were not good. We just weren't good. Um we struggled the entire year. It was tough to watch. This year we're looking potentially worse, and I might even hazard that we may not make the playoffs. Ooh. I'm hazarding right now. Okay? okay. This is not an official take. No. But with the way that things are going, and if we still retain the dead weight on the roster and don't address the two needs that we've needed for three years now, which yeah. is a big man and a floor general, 
My God. And, and when I say floor general, you don't need a Chris Paul. Yeah. You can get Alonzo Ball. Yeah. You could get up, dude. All right. A this facil- is is, what you're saying a facilitator. is you, you want to facilitate first guard because. Yes. You have, have the Jays with all the scoring talent that you need. Yes. yes. You need somebody that complements them rather than takes away from what they do best. Exactly. And we need them to run plays, not ISO. Yes. And I think that's what you, if you get a point guard that facilitates, you're putting them in the right place rather than making them the ball dominant. Have to try to, yes. have to try to get by. Yeah. I mean, straight an example, right? This is a small time example. I played basketball today, right? Mm-hmm. I played with, um, you know, four of my good friends. We've played before. We, it was great. We actually beat a high school varsity team as like old men. We felt good. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> but I, when I, when I got the ball, right, I tried to like, you know, create some stuff off the dribble. Wasn't really finding success with that. So what happened was, as I realized my limitations, I didn't just want to ISO, you know, I passed my teammates and then you cut, you move off the ball. And my God, I scored literally 10 times more than I would have just trying to create my own shot. <laughs> It, it helps. Just, it, it definitely helps. It helps. It helps. You can be, and you can be the most talented, like off ball person, but the same thing. Like I would just give a pass to my teammates. And even though they're phenomenal, like two, two of them are phenomenal at dribbling, mm-hmm. they would still just like score so easily off just a quick cut or like an inside pass or a pass out, you know, just getting the ball moving, man. It's, it's, it's all about fundamentals. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, so sure. it seems yeah. like a foreign concept for for the Celtics sometimes. For the Celtics, but, but I think the, the new coach is going to help with that. To be Definitely. completely honest, I agree. but I do just one more thing before we, you know, we have two more things to get to. So I know this is a long co- podcast, but content, people, content. Yeah. Listen to it in two trips. If you're in the car, put us back on when you go home. <laughs> yeah, chew, chew a little, you know. Don't chew let a little. It, don't let it regurgitate. Bring it back down, and then bring it know, back down. Yep. Swallow. Keep it going. Take a break. Keep it going. Um. <laughs> I know this was this week's news is actually like yesterday or today, but we, with all these free agents too, we're, we're really losing out. I understand that we don't quote unquote have the money, but there's a lot of cheap, great players. Yeah. And the example I'm going to provide is Patty Mills, Patrick Mills from Australia who played on the Spurs was a free agent this year, signed like a $16 million, like three year deal with the Nets. I think it was two for 12, two yeah. for 12, 6 million yeah. a year. He is a great player for 6 million a year. That's the kind of thing where I'm like, we just missed out on that. That's your kind of like playmaker, solid guard. He's a veteran too. I mean, he balls out for the Australian national team. He has a lot of potential. He seems like a great guy too. Dropping the ball on that. And again, we might have approached him. He might have just wanted to go where he went. Um, But yeah, he went to the Nets. Yeah. (sighs) (sighs) I'm going to keep that sigh in there just so people can feel our our burden and our pain. All right, moving forward. So that's how we feel about the Celtics. Shrey, moving forward, you want to talk about the MLB trade deadline and the Boston Red Sox. So I will let you have the floor, good sir. Yes. So, man, as if we didn't get very sad during this Boston Celtics conversation, um, I've decided to make myself even sadder, by or more sad, sorry, by talking about the Boston Red Sox and the trade deadline that passed on Friday, I think. Um, Just unbelievable the amount of activity that happened during this MLB trade deadline. And you can tell that, you know, 
people are making monetary decisions, so financial decisions, and you know, letting going, letting go of players, you know, putting taking them off the books right now because of you know what they've experienced, what teams have experienced during COVID. So a lot of you know really good players, and you know a lot of you know ancillary pieces that really can help teams were able to to move to some contenders, and you know a couple of those players were. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, which was the blockbuster of the MLB trade deadline, star pitcher, ace, and star short star shortstop in Trey Turner, uh, moving from the Nationals to the Dodgers, and you know making that team as if they didn't need to get better, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. And then you had Anthony Rizzo going from the Cubs. The Cubs had a fire sale. They they traded away. Rizzo, Bryant, Schwarber, Kimbrell, a lot of uh, you know, you know, everybody's those, gone. <laughs> three of those pieces won them a won them a, a a World Series, and they're all gone after five years. So, pretty insane to think about. You know, Rizzo going to the Yankees, Joey Gallo going to the Yankees. You know, you know, Starling Marte going to the A's. You know. Adam Frazier going from the Pirates to the Padres. A lot of good teams getting good players. And the reason I bring all those up is because the Red Sox went out and got Kyle Schwarber, who is uh, the out, an outfielder for the Washington Nationals. You know, he's on a one-year deal. And he's hurt right now. So he got injured uh, more a little bit more than a month ago, around a month ago. Um he hurt his hamstring. You know, it was a severe hamstring strain. So he's been out. He's been rehabbing. So his Oof. value, his value has been diminished. But before that, he had hit twenty five home runs. He had an unbelievable month of June. Um, he had a uh, twelve home runs in ten games over in ten straight in, yeah, in a ten game stretch, which is an unbelievable stretch, and. The Red Sox went out, got him, you know, it was a pretty cheap, I think they gave up their eighth ranked prospect, you know, I've seen anywhere between eight and 13 on some sites for Kyle Schwarber. So, you know, not, not much to give up, but he doesn't really fit a need. The Red Sox went in knowing that they needed to get a first baseman. They don't, you know, it's been a very diminished part of the uh part of the lineup and you know part of our defense you know we've had to use bobby Dahlbeck, christian arroyo it's been very you know build a bear makeshift type of type of first base and then we required some sort of middle of the rotation pitching so you have avaldi you have rodriguez the pitching hasn't been great it's been you know almost terrible <laughs> if i'm really being honest I don't like it at yeah. all. And you need something, someone to bolster it. I didn't want them to believe that Chris Sale, who's coming off Tommy John and who's looking really good, uh, you know, in his rehab stint and he's, you know, ready to come back and, you know, hopefully the next couple of weeks, I didn't want the Red Sox to go into the deadline thinking, Oh, we got Chris Sale in the bag. He's going to be so good. He's going to be the Chris Sale of old. And that's going to be our deadline, you know, deal. It's going to come internally. You know who's going to get Chris Sale is what I heard. Who's going to get Chris Sale? We're going to get Chris Sale. Like, no <laughs> and, I, and I just feel like when you 
bet on somebody that's coming back from a big injury like that to come back and make all the otherworldly difference and and have that be the only thing you do without you know having some sort of backup and leeway you're setting yourself up for some sort of failure i just think you need to do something you can't just say that's going to be it because this is a team that has over like like it's just like over exceeded all of our expectations i thought this was going to be you know a third of the divi- third in the division type of team you know i thought okay the talent is good in the middle of the in the middle of the lineup you have devers you have uh bogarts you have martinez but Heim bloom went out he got out like the hunter renfro's of the world the kiki hernandez's of the world and i didn't know if that was enough but they've been they've exceeded my expectations kiki hernandez has been great he's been amazing at the, the top of the lineup Hunter Renfro, you know, he's be- he's going to be batting, you know, I don't know, like 250, 260 with, you know, hopefully 25 home runs by the end of the year. You know, it's going to be like, like that's really good for a guy you didn't pay that much for. And I felt, okay, this is a team that's really playing their ass off right now. You got to go and fill the holes and get some people that like really could benefit this team. And I really thought, okay, Anthony Rizzo was going to be the guy. He plays first base. He's a left-handed bat, perfect for Fenway Park. But the Yankees said, "Oh, we don't have any left-handed bats in our lineup. We're going to pay the right amount to in prospects to go get Anthony Rizzo." And the Red Sox said, "Ooh, I don't know if we want to pay that capital. We're trying to build up the farm system. Uh, they're going to be mad if we don't get something. Let's get Kyle Schwarber. He's a good bat." And I just thought, this, like, I just, like, the way of going about it where you understand that this is an overexceeding team and you don't want to overextend, right? Like, and I, you, like, it, Max, you, you can just translate this into any sport. If, yeah. If you feel like, okay, this team has just exceeded all your expectations, right? But you want to do something for the team. And you feel like, okay, do I have enough? Like, I don't have enough young talent coming back, like, you know, coming behind. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to, you know, do something rather than, you know, benefit the team, right? And sometimes that's good because you're like, okay, you're not mortgaging the future. But is it really a big risk for, you know, giving up an extra prospect that – is not top four or top five to get a player that you could actually use in the lineup. Whereas with Kyle Schwarber, he plays outfield and he's also injured. Now you're going to say, Hey, Kyle Schwarber, can you play first base? Which he's played, I think once or twice in his career. Like I just didn't see, I don't like, it's so small market mentality for the Red Sox to, to not get a guy because it might cost an extra prospect or it might cost a little a little right. bit more money. And that's what Heimblum brings. Heimblum is from the Rays where they had to, for a long time, had a small budget and he had to get, you know, he had to get the bargain bin deals and make it into a team. And he was able to do it. And he was able to get a Rays team to the World Series. So it works. Mm. But with the Red Sox, no one around here is expecting bargain bill bargain bin players for mul- for multitude of years like 
at some point you're going to have to say, okay, we have enough at the top of our prospect list. Let's give off some of these players and get someone like a Danny Duffy who went to the Dodgers for, you know, pennies on the dollar. Let's get someone like Anthony Rizzo. Those are two players that I thought, okay, those are two guys that you could have used, even though they're injured. Like, even though Danny Duffy's injured, he didn't go for much, but you took Kyle Schwarber who was injured and he's not going to fit in the lineup or he's not going to fit, you know, on in the field anywhere. I just thought, Max, this is, this is my rant. This is my, my Red Sox rant. I thought they could have done more. They, they left this team a little bit. They left this team high and dry. Their team is going to be good, but coming out of the deadline, they've already lost four straight. And it looks like they're going to lose this one. They're play, they're playing a game today. They're going to lose another game today. It looks like the team isn't as motivated coming out of the deadline that they were before the deadline. And I don't know. I'm expecting the worst. I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst at this point. It's kind of, it's kind of a tough decision right now for a Red Sox fan based on what they did at the deadline. Yeah, Stray, I hear your frustration. I mean, with any listen, I'm gonna be completely honest, I don't know who was moving. I again am not the most uh <laughs> apt in my baseball knowledge, but yeah. I can, you know, absolutely empathize with the frustration of like I have team needs <laughs> and <laughs> I would like you to meet them. And here we are. It just you you have a way to get players you know that your team is playing well don't you want to reward the players that are playing well and busting their ass every day by getting i would, th- I would think so like it yeah, just seems think. like it's a concept i feel like you'd want to reward good play and to not you know as you say fill the need at a crucial time as a reward it, you didn't have to pay a big price i don't know it just feels like that could have been done and now i think you hope that the Red Sox, like I hope I'm a Red Sox fan. So like, I hope they do well, but you know that, you know, if something goes wrong, you're going to look back on July, the end of July and say, mm, you could have done something there. You could have done something. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, <laughs> it happens. Good luck. Sox. Hey, yeah. I'm still going to that game on the 10th. Yeah. So we'll see. You're going to, I mean, are they the still, tenth? Yeah, the the Rays game. I'm going to the game on the 10th. No way. Did we just figure this out on podcast? That's oh, crazy. all right. We're going to see where I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll see you there. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. I I mean, I, well, let me ask you. Are the Red Sox still winning? Do I think uh, winning meaning like win the division? Yeah. I think I feel worse about it coming out of the deadline. I felt way better going into the deadline that they were going to win the division but right i think at most they finish second like i don't think they go into this like meteoric 2011 12 collapse like i don't like i don't think they do that but i don't feel as good as i did before the deadline i thought man they got a lead on the raise if they just get the needs that they if they just get you know the players that they need money right like it just ex- like exacerbate that lead but now i don't feel that good mm. <laughs> i don't feel so well <laughs> yeah but yeah 
That's tough. All right, so one more item of business before we go, and that is uh, Aaron Rodgers held a press conference with the press about his status slash situation in Green Bay. Now, there was a lot of stuff. This man absolutely ragged on the organization. He ragged on the – excuse me. Hold on, I'm burping. This man absolutely ragged on the organization. He ragged on the GM. He was very, very candid with a lot of the things that he had to say. He was very candid about a lot of the things that he was feeling. I mean, he let him have it. Now, Aaron Rodgers ultimately, as of right now, is going to stay with Green Bay, which I just want to say, I predicted this. You called it. I was it. right. I called it. Shreyas wasn't necessarily wrong in thinking that he would leave. I think mine was more of the long shot. Like, for saying that, like, I'm not going to leave until our GM quits or is fired that's pretty bold and that puts a lot of tension between you and the organization you and your teammates especially when he didn't show up for like the first couple of practices especially when they drafted another quarterback last year I mean there is there is tension between him and the organization but he comes out this week saying you know obviously I'm not happy he's like I need to be involved with 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 trades I need to be involved with drafting I need to be like part of the front office if you want to you know go ahead with me we need to go ahead. If you don't, that's fine. I'll go somewhere else. He was, I mean, Trace, your thoughts on that? He was just candid with everything. Frustration, really. Yeah, so I want to say first and foremost, you you love the honesty in a press conference like this, just from any player, because a lot of these, a lot of these, they, you know, keep coy about, you know, you have to, you know, sift through the, the vagaries. and Read like, between the lines. Yeah, yep. and just be like, Mm, is that what he think he meant like oh can we ex- like kind of you know extrapolate that and see what he really meant about you know the organization or something he would came out and you know guns ablazing fired all his shots right the bad thing that comes about this is that he looks like kind of an a-hole <laughs> like, uh, oh i mean yeah like well, well okay so the honesty is great but the way in in a in a the his, a lot of his candidness, I don't know if it's coming from the right place of a as a player. A little too glib, yeah. It's just like, it's interesting because a lot of things he wants is more power as like a like almost like a front office piece, like you said, right? So like he wanted to be like fully involved with the Matt Lafleur decision to be coach, which he said he didn't get. He felt like a lot of the player decisions of, you know, players that had played well in the Green Bay organization in the past, like the Jordy Nelsons of the world and, you know, Clay Matthews and Brian Balaga, a lot of the, you know, major pieces of Green Bay's past that they were treated wrong on the way out and that he felt that he should have like gotten a, you know, heads up about it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's definitely within his right as the best player on the team, hands down, that he should get some say in, you know, figuring out his offense, you know, making suggestions to who they should pick up and whatever. But to have kind of this like holistic GM type of role as a quarterback, I I don't think he needs to be anywhere near that, like, you know, any defense, like, like why defensive players are moving in and out or, you know, if, if they, if the, I think he, he talked about, you know, Jake Kumaro, uh, one of the wide receivers that they 
they uh they waved coming out of training camp or something that he felt like mm-hmm. oh I, he should have had a heads up on him but like it's jake kumaro like you could probably find <laughs> that somewhere like you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of the things come from a, like that level of pettiness that yeah you want him to be a part of the offense and you want him to be like a part of the decision and green bay should have should have him in in mind like if they want to keep him right if they're so if they're so like oh we don't know if we want to start jordan love we want to keep rogers because he's mvp right now and we can't just let him go for nothing then it's gonna come with okay he's also mvp he should deserve to figure like help you figure out some stuff but but he's also the quarterback like he is you know in football he is the leader of the team and i feel like his understanding of the personnel i mean realistically he's the guy that's out on the field with them when you play with a team you know who's good and you know who's not and obviously yeah sometimes there's bias you could like have like a friend who's not performing well and the front office might be like no we need to cut them and you're like oh crap that's my friend but realistically like he has a perspective that the front office doesn't necessarily have in some ways it's that like detail of the personality detail of the plays things like that so i think him wanting to be a part of the organization is not necessarily a bad thing and i also do appreciate that he did stick up for a lot of the guys that were traded he's like he's like you guys ship these guys off he's like i thought that they were integral parts of the locker room to our team to winning and you ship them off and he named a bunch of names um like you were talking about so yeah. i i appreciate that yeah um but, and, and i i see what you're saying about him being like an asshole in some ways but this is this is like i think it's just a mentality in that there comes a level of you know if you give this person all that power right that's what there's a reason why there's some sort of hierarchy in a company and an organization right like you don't if you're giving like the player who in his job description as a regular as a quarterback right doesn't have the personnel you know stance that a gm or uh, a president uh, of you know fo- i don't know if they have football operation but like you know that type of deal that's that overseeing right. mentality if he wants to make kind of those decisions right he's you know one of 52 it's different in like basketball when you know the way tatum is like regarded right like he should be make he should be you know very involved because if tatum leaves he's one of five and you're screwed mm-hmm. but if rogers leaves right if you think you have jordan love like although the quarterback position has been you know like vaulted up in status over the you know past couple of years right like it's become more of a passing league than it has ever been it's still like you have so many other moving pieces you have so many other pieces that require you to win that you know rogers shouldn't totally be the end-all be-all if you feel like you have the next guy but the because Green Bay is walking this tightrope, they have invited Aaron Rodgers to air out all his grievances while also saying that they really want to keep him and they can't really do anything about it. And I think it's kind of a mess in general from that standpoint. And that's all. Yeah. I, that's all I'm saying. It's like how he said it, but then also how Green Bay, you know, put themselves in this position. It's been a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's. I think it's I mean I think it's interesting that he that he's staying and he really did. I mean he kind of called their bluff 
with it. He He's did. like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put pressure on the front office. Like you can hire me, fire me, do what you gotta do. Uh, but he he put the pressure, he put the ball in their court, and they threw it back to him. They're like, Okay, we're gonna stick with him. So it'll be interesting to see what their actual, you know, lineup will be and and how the roster is gonna pan out over this season. Gonna see how Rogers put I mean, he was the MVP last year. He was the MVP it's last like, year. He got him to the NFC championship game. Right. So it's like he's not, they're definitely they weren't far off. Like they got beat by Brady. No, they no, no, no. They got beat by themselves. Yeah, they got yeah. So Brady Devontae was, Adams, I've never seen that man miss a catch. It's so yes, they have the talent. They have the talent. They have definitely not figured out how like, you know, how to cause Aaron Rodgers is very enigmatic. So they, but they've never they haven't figured out like the Aaron they haven't cracked the Aaron Rodgers puzzle to keep him happy, and I mean it comes with being a star. Like if you want the star to stay, you gotta figure him out at some point. Otherwise, he's gonna bye bye. Yeah, regardless of what you do, he's just gonna be like I just can't handle it here anymore. And he's given him one more year to figure it out. Who knows what happens if you know. I still retire a backer. He might, he might leave. Yeah. Yeah. I still believe um, he's leaving. I may have been wrong for at least this season, but I still believe he's leaving. I think a lot of the things that he thinks the organization has did him dirty on are over the long run, not going to be like, he's not going to like mentor Jordan love. So he doesn't, if he's not going to do that, he's not going to want to be there to do that. So I think he's going to leave at some point. Yeah. Okay. We shall see. Yeah. All righty. Folks, you have been listening to an action-packed, content-full episode of Amateur Hour. This is a professional sports podcast brought to you by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.